Welcome to Chat NDT with ASNT, a podcast from the American Society for Non-Destructive Testing. I'm Debbie Siegler, the host of the podcast. In this episode, ASNT content strategist Haley Cowan spoke with Ricky Morgan, an ASNT past president who's currently serving on the board of directors about their mutual love of theme parks and the amazing experiences Ricky has had performing NDT in that industry. Well, thank you so much, Ricky, for joining to talk to me today about one of our mutual favorite subjects, which is theme parks. I wanted to give our listeners a little bit of a background. So this is a conversation that I've been really excited to have for a long time now. We actually talked about it in one of the first episodes of this podcast back in November 2019, which, you know, feels like a lifetime ago at this point. But we talked about your work on the high roller observation wheel in Las Vegas And that sparked my curiosity about some of the other projects that you've been doing. And so I actually attended the virtual section meeting that presentation that you gave on some of your work in this field and watched that presentation grinning from ear to ear as a theme park nerd. I got to tell you, if I had seen that presentation as a 15 year old, you probably would have had an apprentice afterwards. (laughs) So yeah, to just give our listeners a little bit of background, we talk so often about how NDT is, is present in so many industries and you are someone who has a lot of experience in particularly the theme park and entertainment industry. Yeah, that's correct. What was your first, what you would call theme park inspection? What was the beginning of your journey in this segment of NDT? Okay. Well, well, Haley, first off, thank you very much for having me speak about one of our common topics that we both like. And I think my, <laughs> my amusement park nerdism started about probably when I was really young. And we grew up kind of in the same area, which is kind of funny. But I was going to Fantasy Farms and the Swordsville Lake near Middletown, Ohio, when I was very young. Mm. And then I was around when Kings Island first opened. So that's yeah. when I kind of got the theme park. I never really thought I'd actually work in one, which was kind of interesting. But my first opportunity to work on a theme park was actually for Universal in Florida. They were fabricating a portion of Earthquake the Ride. Oh, it yeah. Was, so it was the table that actually when the you go through Earthquake the Ride, it tilts the tram that you're in. And simulates the earthquake. So we were doing all the welding per D11. And that was my first opportunity to do some ultrasound on some welding for just the frame portion of the ride that was used for the dynamic loading to simulate an earthquake. That's so funny to think about because that's something where you're working on something that's simulating something going disastrously wrong. (laughs) But but the ride itself can't actually go wrong. So right. Yeah, it's a safe disaster, basically. You're seeing it all happen around you, and it, it's really neat when you see the whole park come together. When you see the ride, and you see the one little piece of frame you're working on, and then you actually go in the ride, and you see the actual table work, and you see the water falling in, and all the the special things they do to make it look realistic and feel realistic. It's really exciting to see those kind of things come to when you get to actually be on one. Yeah, definitely. So... Earthquake and Universal Studios, what are some other highlights of this career journey for you? So so the next couple actually happened in Disney, and those were kind of interesting because then I was working for a commercial diving company that was also an EDT company. And so we were going to inspect two of the ships they have there. Our company was certified to do American Bureau of Shipping surveys. They, have, they had the two ships that sit in about two feet of water, 
they were insured through the American Bureau of Shipping, so they had to do a survey on the thickness gauging. So we just did thickness gauging on the hull, and we generate a report. We do so many readings per thing. So I did worked on the pirate ship and then the Huck, Huck Finn ship. Those are the two ships I worked on. So we did those. So oh, okay. it was really Disney. In Disney, that particular place, we came in the back gate through the back lot, and then we went into a tunnel, and we came up within probably 100 feet, 50, 100 feet of where the ships were staged. Mm -hmm. And we had very minimal contact with the public at all. We had very little contact with them. Yeah, because they have, so so theme park nerd question, was this Disneyland or Disney World? This was Disneyland. Disneyland out in California. Anaheim, yes. Yeah, so you got to use the secret tunnels that they have built out for all of their workers to move around the park without... And I, I've always heard that that's so that, you know, no one ever gets the illusion broken when they see somebody in a Tomorrowland uniform walking around right. in Frontierland, basically. Yeah, maintaining the imagery and the the theme of whatever portion of the park you're in is really important. And, and it keeps the keeps the whole thing alive. And so and so for listeners that might not know, the, the boats that you were describing, those are the two boats that take journeys along the pretend river that exists right. that goes through Disneyland. So it's interesting, though, because, you know, it is in some ways a pretend river and pretend boats, but it sounds like you have to inspect yeah. them as, as real vessels. You still do, yeah. It's kind of funny. That's <laughs> chose to do, and that's probably – it was a business decision that was gives them the proper assurance to cover anything that did happen – on, on the water, basically. Right. So when you're doing inspections like this, do you, does it typically happen at off hours or, or are you able to do some things even while the park is open or, you know, do they have to shut certain things down for things like that? What's the, what's the behind the scenes on these inspections? So, so most of the work is done, usually done in the evening that they do planned turn outages and, and, and work in the evening, they do a lot of inspections in the evening. Primarily, that's what they do. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times you're coming in at 11 o'clock when the park shuts down and you're leaving at 6 or 7 in the morning before the mm-hmm. park opens and you're in and out. And it may be several nights you do that in a row because you can't get a lot done in that short period of time. So you just keep picking away at stuff during the off hours. It's extremely important for the rides at these parks to stay open. They have to post down the front of the lot which rides are closed, and that may keep people from even showing up. So right. they try very hard not to. If you know the ride you want to go see is shut down that day, you may turn around and go away. So, and a lot of times we do repairs and and work right at night. They 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 identify the repair, and they make the repair, and we check it, and it goes right back into service before anybody even knows it happens. Right. Then they have then they have their schedule, and they do continuous maintenance, and they do periodic visual inspections on their own in park of the rides. Daily, they do certain checks and spe- inspections and things, primarily visual. And then they have scheduled turnouts or turnarounds where they shut down a certain ride for a certain period of time to do maintenance and do some inspections and things. And then occasionally they do have the emergency thing, but th- they'll shut down a ride for you know a week and then do maintenance on it. And, mm-hmm. and then we'll do a lot of work on it. I got to work on Jurassic Park after its first year of operation. And we went through and checked all the structural steel. And then we walked the track and inspected about different places on the track. And then at the end of the week, we were finished and it turned it back and they repainted everything and it looked like brand new again. Yeah, that was one of my favorite moments from your presentation at the virtual section meeting was seeing that picture of you with the big robot T-Rex from the Jurassic yeah. Park ride. That's so cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was during the track inspection. I actually got to come back once more and 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 work on the T Rex that was right before the waterfall. That was just the big mm-hmm. head that falls down and shows you. And uh, he had actually overextended past his stops, and so they had re-put him back mm-hmm. where he belonged. And so they just had me do some uh, MT in certain areas to make sure that he didn't do any stress to his uh, to his steel neck. That's so funny. <laughs> it's like when you're talking about something like that it's you know it's an inspection but it almost sounds like you're like a vet too like oh i have to go take care of the take care of the t-rex <laughs> yeah because you're actually i mean you're in kind of the head and the neck area from the backside, you know which you, you it's what's amazing about these parks is that you know everything in the front looks great to you and everything but everything in the back is is mechanical and you know it just right it didn't it didn't feel like you were actually inside a t-rex's mouth no, no, it didn't quite feel like it. But you did see the teeth from the inside out, so that was kind of disturbing in a way. <laughs> yeah. No, that that thing, the first time I rode that ride, I was somewhat young, but but older than I should have been to get as scared as I did when that thing jumps down. <laughs> they're they're very convincing. Yeah. I mean, and they move really fast. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty Yeah. So you've mentioned you've mentioned VT and MT, so so visual testing and, and magnetic particle inspection. Are there standard methods that end up coming up in this industry a lot, or is it really a variety of things, just depending on what the inspection a, is? There really is a variety of things, and it really depends on um, particular rides. Certain rides, like that, may have a lot of cabling and stuff. They'll be doing eddy current or magnetic flux leakage on checking mm. cables. If it's structures, it's going to be TMT, PT, and visual. There's other parts that get tested that I'm not familiar with that do some, you know, they do some other electrical testing and that they verify that they're getting the right flows and all that kind of thing that occur. But I would say primarily it's eddy current, visual, UT, MT, PT, RT, visual a lot. But really everything's on on the table for them because it's important that they inspect things properly for whatever service it's in. So they may actually have some acoustic emission done occasionally on certain things that may need it. But I, I would say the vast majority is MTPT, UT, and visual. Those four are probably the primaries. And then you get RT and the others coming in as well. Okay. When you're doing an inspection of a ride, is there certain kinds of things that you're looking for that that tend to come up a lot as, as these rides, you know, continue to do what they're doing constantly day in day? Well, typically, a lot of these rides are, a lot of them are one-on-one and they're in a park. And what happens is the manufacturing company or the fab and the fabrication company get together and they develop an inspection plan. And they, during the service life of the project of the, of the ride or asset, there are certain things they want to check throughout. And sometimes that stuff's identified during their walkthroughs, but they usually have it set up. It's usually something from the manufacturer and from the park, and they give you a list of things you're supposed to go look at. And then a lot of times, since I, I was really, I got to work with them quite a bit. I've been in other parks and they would get with me and say, you know, go look at other places. You've seen other things. Right. right. <laughs> Just kind of go on your own, go look and see whatever you can find. But this, they would definitely want me to look at specific things. They'd have a, an inspection plan whenever you showed up typically. And what your okay, plan, yeah. what your job was called out. Now there, there's always, when you, once you're on site, a lot of the amusement park rides that they, someone else in some other part of the park may hear that they have an NDT guy in-house mm-hmm. and they'll say, can you go over and do this too? So you end up, a lot of times you'll end up several jobs once they find out someone's around. So you could end up in several parts of the park. Okay. I was going to ask about that because I was curious, you know, if somebody who's listening is is interested in pursuing something like this, if it tends to be 
something that you just sort of build up a resume for as a contractor, or if a lot of these places have in-house inspectors that specialize in these kinds of things, you know, how that career trajectory looks? Yeah, I would say, yeah, the bigger the bigger parks, the Disney's, the Universal's and stuff, they usually have some NDT in-house. It's usually mm-hmm. enough to do the stuff overnight, a lot of the overnight stuff. But usually when they're doing a, either shutting down a ride or building a new ride, and that's the two different types of inspection too. You have the, the fabrication and erection portion of putting a ride in, the new new work, mm-hmm. and then you have the work continuous and in-service work too. So you have both assets. So the fabrication part, it really, it is just, it is really just building your resume and, and getting that first job in there. You know, it's basically, you get in there and they start, to recognize you and they you start doing good work and they they call you back you they mm-hmm. they get comfortable with you and they call you back over and over so it's once you're in there you're pretty in with most of them and they do like to see that you've been in other parks actually oh yeah that's interesting yeah in bridge industry it's very it's similar a lot of times they'll say you need five years of bridges in five years of bridge inspection experience to get on a bridge job but how do you get your first bridge job <laughs> Right. So you have a lot of times you have to do it in another state that doesn't require you to have that many years experience to get mm-hmm. on. So you can do it other places for a while until you get the experience you need to, to get through the requirements. That's interesting. So now I'm curious. I wonder if there are regions that make sense for someone starting out. Obviously, you would think maybe Orlando would be would be a big region or California or things like that. Are there any others sure. that you can think of? Sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's I mean, Atlanta. Houston, they have a couple of parks. There's a couple of good parks in Pennsylvania as well. Virginia's got the Dominion. Yeah, I, I, these both coasts are pretty good. I mean, Florida's all obviously good. They've got lots of parks down there. And I actually know a couple of people that's that are special that specialize in amusement parks stuff that they live in Florida. It works well for them. Yeah, I always because I'm revealing myself to be really the the deep theme park nerd that I am. I'll often watch videos of people who go to that, the annual theme park convention, the IAPA Association yeah. Convention, which I think is usually in Florida. I'm like, yeah. and I sometimes wonder, I'm like, I wonder if any NDT people have, have been at that convention before. Yeah, and that is, I mean, they are the largest, I believe, the largest society mm-hmm. for fixed, fixed amusement park rides. But yeah, I mean, it's, I've been really lucky got a lot of travel doing amusement park rides and stuff. I mean, I, during the high roller, I was in China for almost, for almost two years. Mm. And when I was working on galaxy's edge, which we haven't got to yet, but when I was working on that, I was went back to China again to a different area in China. And it was there for a couple of weeks working on millennium Falcons, two of them. So one for each park. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, let's, let's jump into that. You know, obviously as, as much as you can tell us about that, cause that was sort of the different version, like you mentioned is, you know, there's a difference between inspecting these rides that are already in operation and going in as somebody working with them while they're building it from the ground up. So anybody, anybody who's been on a team's call with Ricky knows that the galaxy's edge, the, the star Wars themed attraction in the two Disney parks are one of your team's backgrounds that you use that always yeah. makes me happy to see. So yeah. What was that experience like? Well, that, that experience was really good for me. We were there very, our company was there early in the process. So we actually were involved with all the soils testing, all the, the pre-site work, so we've been been involved with the project from the very beginning. I knew I, at some point I was going to get involved. So it was nice to see that ramp up and the way it all happens. It's a pretty concerted effort to for logistics and getting all these things. And when you're doing two parks at the same time, we were 
based out of LA, but we were actually having team meetings every week with the people in Orlando and we were comparing our notes and what we were doing with different fabricators. And I thought it was a real well-run project. And Disney was really well, did really well of getting work in from the, the fabricators and erectors and the logistics worked really well. And, and because of the work I was able to do it, they wanted me to go over and look at some structural steel that was over in China before it shipped back over for the, mm. for the William Falcon. So that was, that was really cool. But yeah, the new construction, I mean, we do everything. The inspection is all the way in California. It's, we have to do, do seismic codes. So you have a, you're doing stuff to D11 and D15. But we had people, we inspected insulation, we inspected welding, we inspected all the processes of construction, concrete placement, everything throughout the process. So it's, we usually had a team of about 10 to 12 inspectors there on the project at all times doing different aspects, either doing welding inspection or concrete placement or whatever they had us do, whatever kind of inspection they wanted to do. So it sounds like from some of the things you're saying that that kind of good entry industries into getting to do these kinds of inspection might be, it sounds like welding and maybe even construction as adjacent NDT industries. Yeah. I, yeah basically, I would say basically construction is a good one. That I mean, That's basically how I kind of sprung, springboarded into that is that erection and fabrication are very similar, even though it, they're very similar, but, but mm-hmm. they're, of course, muni park rides are more unique and they're structures that are not common. There's some dynamic loading that doesn't happen in buildings, of course, and things like right. that. But hopefully they don't happen in buildings anyway. During earthquakes, we get a little bit of dynamic loading, which is, mm. I guess, help, help me understand some of the stuff from, from on rides as well. Yeah, with I could imagine with rides, it's it's sort of a unique shift from being in more construction environments because a lot of the rides are, it's building up enough to look like the thing, but it doesn't actually have to have all of the components that the real version of the thing might have. So Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Galaxy's Edge is a whole village and they have the park and there's restaurants and all that kind of stuff. It's a whole experience inside there and they really do an immersive thing. And so it's, it's really funny because we build this whole structure that looks square and then we have a bunch of angle iron that goes up and a bunch of tube steel. And all of a sudden they put a bunch of a basically chicken wire around it and <laughs> spray concrete on it. Now you got a mountain and you got, you know, you got the whole, whole planet there. Yeah, that's that's something I make my friends laugh with is is one of my favorite elements of theme parks. I joke is fake rocks. And it's like, you know, a theme park is good depending on the quality of their fake rocks. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the marker. Yeah, but that, that was when I went, we went to Hong Kong, we flew into Hong Kong for that visit to Shuhai. And we, it was a whole group of us. I was representing the welding and structural portion. There was people, the creative people, the, the art and paint people. There was people that were other kinds, there was like a team of 12 and we were all there at that site looking at different aspects of the project. And then we come back and we have a meeting and then we see where we're at. And it was really funny because just, just the way you speckle rocks, it mm-hmm. didn't, didn't look right or how you looked like the arc strikes on the Millennium Falcon didn't look like they actually were laser strikes. And, you know, all this right. different thing, they go back, oh, well, that looks like a laser strike, but that doesn't look like a meteor strike. And <laughs> it, it, it's, it's very interesting. They have all these books that show them exactly what they look like kind of thing. And that's what they're trying, the images they're looking for. And they, it, they color match it, you know. If you've done any Photoshop work and they give you all those different colors by numbers, that's gives you the exact right. number of color they color it out. Yeah. That's so interesting. That's that's funny too, because that makes me think of something else, which is so often 
you know, in these rides because they're trying to create these exciting and thrilling experiences. Not only does does whatever the ride vehicle or the ride components want to look like an imitation of a thing, but it looks often like a banged up version of the thing, you know? Right. So that's, that's a kind of funny thing to think about with NDT too, is distinguishing between the very carefully put things that look like problems and then actual problems. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. It's, it's just a whole world of virtual reality in a way, kind of it's mm-hmm. and get you in that experience. It's, it's trying to immerse you into whatever zone you're in, in the, of the park. So do you have any like bucket list attractions or rides that you that you haven't had the opportunity to inspect yet, but you would love to get in there and, and see what they look like on the inside? <laughs> oh, wow. I hadn't even thought of that. I do want to sometime, sometime ride the largest Ferris wheel now in, in Dubai. I would, would like oh, to go yeah. to that one. And there's still a few, few roller coasters that I haven't quite been on that I want to go in. I think there's one in Dominion. I think there's one at Cedar Park I'd like to go on. What would I see the, the back? I don't know. I've seen the back backside of most of the ones I want to see. Yeah. I mean, I've seen the Tower of Terror. I've been in that one and I've been in, yeah, that we, and the, I have been in oh, so, so many of them, the Transformers and some of those others. I can't think of anything right now. I can't think of one like off the top of my head I really want to get into, but I do would like to ride the world's largest Ferris wheel now, the current one, just to yeah. see. The, I think that's the one. It's almost a hundred feet larger than the one we did. So it's. Wow. It's, it's a big difference in diameter. Dubai seems like it's really got a lot of a heavy theme park industry presence. Is It seems like there's a lot of interesting things happening over there. There is a lot of theme park energy there. I would, When I did my first, I did a presentation over there a few years back. And then I did a virtual presentation during COVID. And it was, they wanted, I did it on bridges and amusement park rides the first time. And they said they wanted me to do it specifically on amusement park rides. Oh. And because they have so many there, they have Ferrari world and they have all these other, you know, interesting theme parks there that, but yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a huge amount of theme park going on there. Yeah. It's a, it's a great, it's a great, it's a, it's a good vacation destination, you know, in the middle right. East. Yeah. It's because they can bring in people from Europe, people from, it's really kind of such a central location for everybody. That's, it's an interesting active theme park destination. <laughs> Yeah, and then, you know, they have, and some of them are actually kind of themed, you know, for the area as well. You know, there's certain things that are historically from that that area of the country, of the world, and there's theme parks that are, you know, oriented towards that. Yeah. So your answer, in your answer, you named a couple of rides that I would love to hear more about. What was it? What was it like doing the Tower of Terror? Did you do the? Was it the Disney World one or the Disneyland one? Because I know they're they're a little different. Disneyland. It was Disneyland. Yeah, and it was just some connections. There were some well connections along the the channel or the t- uh, the the tower where the the drop happens. Right. Yeah. And for listeners that might not know, I have to keep reminding myself that maybe not everybody is as in theme parks as as you and I, Ricky. <laughs> the Tower of Terror ride is a it's a drop tower ride. So it's you you board a, a an imaginary elevator, which it has seats. It's it's more it's more than just an elevator. You you sit down and are strapped in and all of that. But the conceit is you go up and and then are are dropped several times, which again, it's another example of the kind of thing we've been talking about where, you know, usually when you're inspecting a regular elevator, the idea is that it's not going to drop. <laughs> yes, that's, that is, yeah, in certain, certain areas they do expect to take some stress and they do want to, they do check those areas. Right. But yeah, and they drop you in the dark, which is always, is always fun too. <laughs> Yeah. And that's got to be another fun thing about getting to do these inspections is, you know, that's something, something that's often talked about in, 
in the theme park nerd community, how actually kind of fun and interesting it is to have a ride break down while you're on it and to have to be evacuated off of it because then often the lights will turn on and you'll get to see how, you know, all the little yep. backstage things that you don't usually get to see. But then that's, you know, what you're getting to see probably most of the time when you're when you're doing these things. Yeah, it's funny, like one of the rides I spent a lot of time on was E.T. the Ride in Universal. They had a, a piece of the ride that they had to order a new piece and once a week I would come and inspect it and we would either fix it until the new part would came because they had to make a specific part that was one part that, you know, they make one of one for the ride and then they need another one and they have to wait for it. But they kept the ride open and I would be there every night at 11 and check this part and we'd fix it or I'd go through. So I was there a lot, but I'd walk through there, you know, they had the inside lights are all turned up. So mm-hmm. you see all, all the, you walk, yeah, and you're walking in there, you know, and all ET the ride, it, it was and when it came out, it's, it was one of the most popular rides for a long time at Universal. And so they had to make sure that one stayed running. But oh, it was yeah. that one... behind the scenes, so E.T. looked completely different than they did with in the dark. And <laughs> Yeah, you can see the, the bells and whistles, I imagine. So you also mentioned the Transformers ride. So what was the inspection component of that ride? The, I was actually looking at some of the tracks that, in, inside mm-hmm. the ride. They did some MT on some stuff that they thought they had an issue, but it wasn't an issue. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, so what are some other highlights you can think of? I think the the fun wheel in California was an interesting project. That that Ferris wheel has the cars actually go through different. I try to think they're like almost like spaghetti. Like the they they drop into different things and they go into different areas of the roller coaster. Go like the inner circle and an outer circle, and they keep bouncing yeah. back. It's like as the wheel spins. Yeah, you, you get the, some free flow sometimes. Right, the card is on a kind of not like thing. a gyro. The old gyro things they used to have, little tops they used to run in the in the wires. But anyway, we what we had to do since they the, the, they didn't want to take any paint coat off, and and all the welds were ground flush. So we had to take the drawings from the, the original fabrication, and we had to go locate all the welds with ultrasonics because we could see the root. Of where mm-hmm. the welds were, so we had to go about where the welds were based on the drawing, and then we go UT and find exactly where they are. We'd mark where they are, and then we brought an eddy current person to do the well testing through the paint to evaluate the welds to see if there's any cracking. So it was a, and then we also did we checked and touched every single bolt to make sure they're t- they're torqued. So that one guy was there for seven days straight. All he did was touch bolts and make sure they were all tight. And then the rest of us were working on the other types of inspection. We did that ours at night, but he was there all the time. Hearing about all these different inspections that you're doing, it really makes me reflect on how important it is that that these rides are as thoroughly inspected as it sounds like they are and, and how much, you know, that's maybe something that people don't think of. But, you know, we've unfortunately had some some headlines in recent times where it really demonstrated the importance of how it's it's easy to to go to places like this and and just think, Oh, it's it's just a theme park. Surely it's safe, but it's safe because because people like you are out there doing these checks all the time. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's one of the things that I think we take pride in our industry is we don't end up in the paper very often doing bad right. things. It's if we do our job right, we don't make the paper, but we also people take it for granted because it just doesn't happen as much as and it shouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean that's that's where you take your family. I mean that's one of the things that I think. And me being a big fan of amusement park rides, I always thought whenever I inspected something like this, I thought of my family riding it. I thought of me riding it and everybody I know, 
you know, that would want to enjoy the park. I just, it makes it real easy for me to do my job. You know, it's with that background in my head, you know, it's, you have to make sure it's right. So I'm interested in, in from your perspective as, as a, both a theme park fan, and then also somebody who's seen the behind the scenes, does it make you look at the rides differently when you, when you go back and ride them just as a tourist along with everybody else, but, but you know, you, you know what that T-Rex really looks like and things like that. It, it, it does a little bit. I think I, I kind of, I kind of switch myself into the, the tourist mode and try not to, but of course my wife always hears when my wife goes with me, she de- definitely hears, okay, that's not really what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For me, it's always, it's always made me appreciate them even more to kind of get those perspectives is it's obviously it's fun to imagine you're about to be eaten by a big dinosaur. But to me, I'm, I'm, having just as much fun thinking like, man, how did they get that big robot to do that? I mean, it's, that's half the fun for me is like, wow, this is, it's so impressive. Yeah. I mean, the animatronics and all that kind of, you know, robotics and things they do is really amazing. It's, and some of it's just the simplest thing is just turning a little daisy around, you know, on top of a hat or something. It's some stuff is so simple that gives movement, just something, (laughs) you know, the little, little spray of water coming out or whatever stuff is just a few things that make it realistic. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many moving pieces and, and they all have to work to, to really build right. that illusion. And that's people, people notice when they don't, that's when you, that's when you get all the chat boards and, and people are starting to complain about things. Yeah. Yeah. Even small world, get, they complain if the music's not playing. <laughs> <laughs> I bet some people do. And then some people are thrilled probably. Yeah. <laughs> I've always been a small world defender, but I, I haven't always succeeded in talking the people that are with me to get on that one every time. I think it's it's a great ride to go get in the air conditioning and get ready to go to your next exciting ride. So <laughs> Yeah, that's especially the older I get, the more I appreciate the nice slow boat rides. They have yeah. a place too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we've touched on this a little bit, but basically if if somebody who's listening to this is excited about the idea of being an NDT inspector in theme parks. What would you suggest as, as kind of a first step for them to get started? Are there maybe particular methods to focus on or particular types of experiences to build up? Well, I would think working with structures of certain types, but any, any structures, I mean, even aerospace structures and things are similar. There are similar structures in amusement park rides that simulate jets and space stuff, space exploration and things on there. I mean, Mm -hmm. the structure, is a big deal. Knowing some metallurgy and welding is very important because a lot of times you're working with people that that isn't their priority. They're, they're engineers and things like that. And so anything you can add for your subject matter expertise, you can help them and give them guidance on certain things by your knowledge of welding and your knowledge about other things as well. And that what's, that's what really helps them and gives them confidence in you is that, that you, you know more than just NDT. You know why you're doing it and, you know, what materials, what risks those materials have and things like that to understand the, the whole the whole thing. So we've talked about this a little bit in terms of you traveled to, to China to inspect different pieces of things that ended up in the American theme parks. I'm curious if you've ever done any inspections in international theme parks. No, I have not done anything in international theme parks yet. Have you ever gotten to visit any? I have, I have, writ- I have written. I've, I've been to Disney Hong Kong, and I've been to. I went to a little amusement park in Japan in what's it called Yokohama. Okay, yeah. Oh, and I did go to a fair. I went to a small festival in Mexico, which was a lot of fun. But, the, but the, those are those are the portable rides. Those are the ones that are 
a little different. They're not this. I, I like the fixed rides a little better, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you mind speaking to that a little bit? What what kind of is different about them? Well, the the portable rides are are are, are moved every week virtually to, mm-hmm. to another destination. And they're also taken out of service certain parts of the year, maybe three months out of the year because the people up north don't have festivals or fairs during the winter. And so they move them oh, sure. somewhere. Them. I was actually contacted by S&T when the ride failed at the Ohio State Fair, the Fireball, yeah, which happened. And that was a really, to me, that was really heartfelt for me because, I mean, I've always been that fair. I've been, the, I've ridden in that, in that area. And, you know, my sister, my, everybody, everybody I know has been up at the Ohio State Fair at some point in time. So that was, right. and then of course he was a young guy just enlisted in the, in the Marine Corps. And, but those rides are, are inspected sometimes a certain amount, but the, after this ride failed, they, they had not been sp- inspecting that certain part of the ride that failed. And so now they have a new directive that 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 portion of the ride is always looked at now. And that's, that's one of the things our industry tends to do really well is when they do find that we've omitted something, they do get it back in place pretty quick. And they've designated that only level twos now can look at the parts and things like that, which it wasn't before. It was just an inspector. And so they've done some things to clean that up. Some states do a really good job of monitoring the, the portable ones, but it's hard. There's so many of those rides out there, and there's only so many inspectors that work, and they've got to inspect all the rides that, you know, that I can't remember how many people they had in Ohio, but they had like 6,000 rides they inspect a year, and there's only like 12 inspectors or something. Don't quote oh, me on geez. the number. But the number, the ride to, to rides, they, they can't spend a lot of time on any one ride. Mm-hmm. And so, and a lot of it, a lot of it's the, the mechanical and the other parts, so is the electrical and, and you're making it work, make sure it functions properly and doesn't execute anybody, but the structural is not looked at as strongly, mm-hmm. but I think it is more now. Right. But it is, it is state by state though. It's not, a, there's no federal regulations really. Right. Well, and it goes back to, it goes back to the kind of conversations we have about NDT in a variety of industries, which is, you know, this is, this is why it's important. And I think it's an, it's an easy thing for, for some industries to think it's, you know, not worth the money, it's not worth the time, it's not worth finding the time to close the ride. And, but, but, you know, that's, you know, I, as someone who also lives in Columbus, Ohio, and has been to that fair many times, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, that was, that was something that really rocked the community. And that's, you know, the perfect example of that's why this is so important. And that's why this is worth the investment. And like you said, when it's, when it's done right, you'll never, you'll never know that, You'll yeah. never think about the fact that it's safe, but that's you. That's why we have to have it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's. I mean, that's the confidence that people doing anything anymore. I mean, anything. I mean, driving your car, riding in a plane, getting on a amusement park ride, even you know, just anything. I can't think of anything. It doesn't. It doesn't impact. Right. So before we wrap up, I want to just give you an opportunity because I, I wished for this during the virtual section meeting. You know, we went you went right up to the end and, and I could tell you had more. So I, I want to make sure to give you the opportunity. To, are, are there any other stories that we haven't touched on? Stories. Let's see. Or just cool rides you've inspected. Anything, anything like that. I think I think they're all to me, they're all kind of uniquely cool in, in their own way. They all have their own design and even the simplest rides. Are, are unique to me and the, and you just I kind of think of kids now that I'm a grandfather and stuff I think of the enjoyment people get out of this stuff and 
I, if you get an opportunity to, if your job, if your company says, you know, we got a job coming up and it's going to be an amusement park ride, I would say take it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the, I would and the say first... that too, and then and then email me and tell me about it. <laughs> but that's but that's the biggest thing is is I mean is is showing up and doing your job right, and that gets you the opportunities to do these things. People take notice when you do the job right. And I know that that when we've talked about this in the past, unfortunately, the the Galaxy's Edge. Star Wars Land opened, you know, right before a lot of pandemic closures and things like that. Have you have you had the chance to go yet? Because I know I've talked to you before where you hadn't yet, which which broke my heart. I haven't I yet have, either. It's- I haven't gone to either either park yet for the Galaxy's Edge. I know in in twenty twenty five we'll be in Orlando for the ASNT Fall Conference. So oh yes, I, I if I haven't got on by then, I will definitely lock that in. We should, we should make plans. You know, I, I don't know for sure if I'll be going to that conference or not, but if I am, we should, we should try to try to ride that ride together. That would be fun. Absolutely. Yeah. We can get a couple other geeks to go along with us and I can give you some back behind the scenes stories as we walk through. Oh my gosh. I'm so looking forward to that. Yeah. There's gotta be, there's gotta be more of us, more of us in, in the ASNT world. Oh, I would think so. I think there's probably even more on staff. So I tell you the truth. <laughs> I, I will say your your virtual section meeting presentation was, I think, one of the most highly staff attended <laughs> that there have been. We were all pretty excited about that one. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. The industry, NFT industry has been a great place for me. I've had great opportunities to work on a lot of interesting projects. And I think if you get into NDT and, and just keep moving forward, you'll have great opportunities out there. It's just they come to you. Well, thank you so much for talking with me. This has been this has been so much fun. Like I said, this has been a conversation I've been wanting to have way back since our first our first podcast interview where we we just touched on this. So I really appreciate you taking the time to to geek out about theme parks with me. Oh, no problem. I'm glad, Ailey. I, I always enjoy talking to you, and, and and actually, this podcast hopefully a lot of other people will enjoy it too. Thank you for listening to Chat NDT with ASNT. For more information about our organization, please visit our website at asnt.org. You can also connect with us on social media at ASNT Info on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. Chat NDT with ASNT is copyrighted by the American Society for Non-Destructive Testing. ASNT, creating a safer world.